my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today is Saturday, January 20th. I hope you are having a fantastic day. I want to, I'm going to jump right into the show. I'm going to give the people what they want. I think people, uh, myself included, have been overthinking the Patriots and Jaguars game. You know, I took a test yesterday in my sports media class, and I had a question on the test that said, which did not, which did not affect sports journalism in the 1800s? And it came down to my answer. I was trying to decide between two answers, immigration or broadcast media. Now, the obvious answer is, it's very simple. The obvious answer was broadcast media, because in the 1800s, they didn't have broadcast media. It didn't even exist. <laughs> but... But I almost overthought it. I, I was like trying to figure out the answer. I was like, well, you know, how could immigration affect sports journalism? No, the answer is hitting you right in the face. It's so obvious. Yet I almost overthought it. And I think we're doing a similar thing with the Jaguars. At the end of the day, the Patriots have a better coach, a better quarterback. The Patriots are playing at home. And the Jaguars are coming off a historical, emotional win. I don't think the Patriots are going to blow them out. I don't think the Patriots win by four touchdowns. That's not what I'm saying. But if the game comes down to one drive and one team needs to score, I'm picking Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to deliver at the end of a game far more than Blake Bortles does. The Patriots have an edge. In a close game, the Patriots have more experience, coaching, and a better quarterback. If this is a close game, the Patriots have an edge. And it's either, there's a new interesting wrinkle. Tom Brady's hurt. That makes it interesting, right? But I'm still picking the Patriots. I don't think the Jaguars are talented enough on offense to blow out the Patriots. The Jaguars are not going to win this game by four touchdowns. Like, no matter what, if, even if the Patriots lose, the Patriots will not be embarrassed. But again, if it's a close game, I trust, because I think, I think it's going to be a close game. And because I think it's going to be a close game, I trust the Patriots more. Again, they have a better coach, they have more playoff experience, and they have a superior quarterback, even if he's injured. So I'm predicting right now the Patriots are going to win by a touchdown. I'm, I'm predicting the Patriots win by a touchdown. They don't blow anyone out. The Jaguars certainly do not blow out the Patriots, unless Tom Brady's so hurt he can't throw and they have to put in Brian Hoyer. The Jaguars uh, will not blow out the Patriots. I'm picking the New England Patriots to beat the Jaguars tomorrow by a touchdown. Now, the Minnesota Eagles game is very interesting. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Eagles in Philadelphia is very interesting. Now, the weather is going to be pretty mundane. It's, you know, it's going to be all right. So I think both quarterbacks are going to be fine. The weather will not affect the two quarterbacks. Now, the emotional win the Vikings just had against the New Orleans Saints is a real factor. It matters. Because the Vikings may come out flat. That's the fear. The Vikings will come out and not be completely fired up for the game. Now, here's why I think the Vikings will win. The Vikings will win for a very simple reason. The Vikings trust their quarterback, Case Keenum, more than the Eagles trust their quarterback, Nick Foles. So the Eagles, to this point, have been masking, hiding, and covering up Nick Foles' limitations. The Vikings, are they trust Case Keenum a little more. They let it rip a little bit more. Maybe Nick Foles tears it up, but I think it's highly unlikely. 
So I'm picking the Vikings to win by a touchdown because both have great defenses. You know, we talk about the Vikings have this great defense. So do the Eagles. The Eagles defense is fantastic too. The Eagles defense has carried this team and carried Nick Foles. So the Eagles defense is just as good as, not just as good as the Vikings, but they're really close. They're comparable. But at the end of the day, not only do the Vikings have a slightly better quarterback, they are going to trust their quarterback more when it matters most. You will not see them run the ball in third and one, third and five. They are going to take risks. They're going to let it rip and they're going to take shots. The Vikings trust Case Keenum more than the Eagles trust Nick Foles. Therefore, I trust the Vikings to win more than I trust the Eagles to win. Oh, now that that's out of the way, uh, I have a great show for you guys today. I really think I have, you know, I get better. I, I believe, I truly believe this. I think I get better and better every single episode. Uh, we will circle back to the Jaguars and the Patriots later down the road. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo later. And by the way, I've been obsessed with the 49ers and the Browns. So we're going to talk about them farther down the road. We're going to talk about the Cavaliers and LeBron James. And there's one Baker Mayfield story I found that no one's really reporting on, but I think it's very interesting and it tells us a lot about who Baker Mayfield is. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I am growing. Uh, I, I would love your help to grow even more. You know, someone said they shared this this podcast on a 49ers uh, forum page. And that's how a lot of you guys apparently found out about this podcast. Do the, please do more of that. That, that stuff helps me grow so much. And I, I hate college. I hate taking classes. I would love to, I mean, not that I, I don't know that I drop out, but I want to scale back and do more of this and less of college and take eight credits instead of 16 or 18. Help me by supporting this channel and telling your friends about this show. By the way, I have a question. Um, you know, this, this shirt, if you're watching on YouTube, what color is this shirt? Because when I first got this shirt about six, seven years ago, it was purple, and now it looks brown. And I, I really, I, I have no idea. I can't determine what color it is anymore. I don't know if I'm going blind or what it is. Tell me, is this purple or is this brown? I have, I have no idea. All right. Um, you know, a story came out to came out well yesterday. A story just came out. Uh, Ed Boucher of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette reported that Le'Veon Bell missed not only the final walkthrough before the Jaguars game. You know, he, he showed up five minutes. He showed up to the Pittsburgh Steelers practice five minutes before it ended on Saturday. And he was also late to arrive before the game. Oh, oh man. You know, I would not fire. I've been talking a lot about Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin recently. I would not fire Mike Tomlin, but this story is just more evidence. It's very clear. Mike Tomlin has issues with discipline. People don't respect Mike Tomlin, people don't listen to Mike Tomlin. He creates a rule and everybody defies it. Like, how would Bill Belichick handle this? Le'Veon Bell would be traded. He'd be gone. Nope, I'm not putting up with that. You're out of here. You're gone. Remember Facebook Live last year? You know, I was a little hard. I think on Wednesday, I was a little hard on Tomlin. I'm not saying Tomlin's not a great coach. He's won two Super Bowls. Me saying that, I'm not saying Mike Tomlin's a terrible coach and he should be fired. But... I want to point out, you know, he has problems with discipline. People don't listen to him and people don't respect him. Again, my dad was fired. I don't, I'm never going to say, I'm never going to call for anyone's job. I'm never going to say this person should be fired. And Mike Tomlin's better than most coaches out there in the NFL. I mean, they, the Steelers had a great season, 13 and three, the number two seed 
in the playoffs. They made the playoffs. But it's scary that Le'Veon Bell doesn't even respect him, doesn't listen to Mike Tomlin, doesn't respect his rules. What do, what do you do? It's like when you're a teacher in a classroom and you have a kid acting out. How do you handle that? Sometimes you just need, you need to get a new teacher. Some people aren't cut out for that. I don't know. Uh, we, had, you know we had a receiver my senior year who was a borderline starter. He was cancer. He was awful. You know, he screwed around all the time. We'd go to warm-ups, and he would just be messing around and distracting everybody. And I told him to knock it off. I got in his face. I confronted him, and I said, stop. Don't do that. The guy quit. And good riddance. I was not upset. I didn't miss him at all. He was, he was a borderline star. I mean, he's not a star. I don't know what I would do if it was like a star, the football team that we needed to win games like Le'Veon Bell. But Le'Veon Bell, similar to that kid, Le'Veon Bell is cancer. You can't have that on your football team. And Mike Tomlin isn't dealing with it properly. I mean, I don't know. Do you trade a potential Hall of Fame running back? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I don't know how you deal with it, but I know that he, if anyone knows how to deal with it, it should be your head football coach. I do, and also know this, Bill Belichick would trade Le'Veon Bell. If Le'Veon Bell was acting out, not showing up to practice, being late, not coming to walkthrough, being late to everything, Bill Belichick would get rid of him. He would trade him now. He'd get value for him while he still could. Because running backs have a short shelf life. Like how much longer do you think Le'Veon Bell really has of a great productive career? Two years? Three years? I don't, running backs, they fizzle out very quickly. Bill Belichick would trade Le'Veon Bell now and get as much value for him as he could. I, I know this. I, I, I don't want Mike Tomlin to be fired. I think he's a, he's a good coach. I don't know who you would replace him with. He's better than almost, almost everybody else on the market. He's not as good as Bill Belichick. But, I, but Mike Tomlin's a good coach. You shouldn't fire him, but something's wrong with the way Mike Tomlin is dealing with discipline. The Pittsburgh Steelers do not respect him. Uh, the players, not all of them anyways, they don't listen to him. They're not following the rules he has created. And that's a big, big problem. Le'Veon Bell is cancer. I would not want Le'Veon Bell on my team. I just, I don't want to do group projects with people that don't listen to the rules and don't follow the directions. It's a, it's a pain in the butt. I don't want to do that. Le'Veon Bell, if you're not going to show up to work on time, if you're not going to come ready to work, no. I don't want that on my football team. I don't. I tra- if I'm If I'm... The Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm trading Le'Veon Bell now. Get what you can. Send him to the Buffalo Bills. He'll disappear into Buffalo, and you'll never hear from him ever again because he's not as good. He's great. His head's getting a little too big. I'd get rid of Le'Veon Bell tomorrow. I know that's a controversial opinion. You don't have to agree with me, but I've dealt with team cancer before. It's, you know, it's not fun. You can't deal with it. Oh, I'm so excited for tomorrow. By the way, you know, I only, my only plans for tomorrow... I have a podcast to edit, not this one, my other one, What's Up Sham, and I'm watching a lot of football. Ooh. Oh my goodness, I think, you know, the, the Patriots game is on at like 9.30 in the morning here, which is really weird. You know, it's, it's 12 o'clock Eastern time, 9 a.m. here. I think, I think it's right. Um, weird, weird timing, but I don't care. I can't wait. I'm going to sit down on the couch out there. I'm going to watch football from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I don't care. That's all I want to do. I'm going to take notes, have a bunch of fri- French fries, and just do my thing I love watching football. By the way, I really, really want, I want more than anything. I really want the Patriots and the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Part of it is because I'm selfish. You know, I'd rather talk about for two, I'd rather talk for two weeks about Tom Brady than the Jaguars defense. 
And it's funny, everyone says they're rooting for the Jaguars. I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it. You know, everyone says they hate LeVar Ball, yet everybody clicks on stuff about LeVar Ball. Everybody says they want the Jacksonville Jaguars, but if the Super Bowl was Blake Bortles and Nick Foles, the ratings would suffer. Just because you hate LeVar Ball doesn't mean you wouldn't watch. Just because you hate the Patriots doesn't mean you don't watch. The Patriots-Vikings is the best possible Super Bowl. If it's not the Patriots and the Vikings, interest is down. I promise you. You know, it's, it, here, if the Vikings and the Patriots play each other in the Super Bowl, here are the potential storylines. So you have potentially six Super Bowls. You have Tom Brady getting to the Super Bowl at 40 years old. That's unbelievable. Not to mention the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year, so it would be back-to-back Super Bowls. The Vikings would be playing in the first ever home Super Bowl. There's never been a team that played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And, and there are more questions. You know, can, Dom, can Tom Brady beat the two best defenses in the NFL on back-to-back occasions, back-to-back games? If he beats the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow, can he also beat the Minnesota Vikings? You also have that whole Tom Brady's hand injury. Is Case Keenum really good enough? Can Case Keenum actually win a Super Bowl? Storyline after storyline after storyline. I am absolutely rooting for the Vikings and the Patriots. That is the Super Bowl that I want. I have no shame. It is way more interesting to me and way more fascinating. Now, I think it's funny. We, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the Tom Brady injury because Tom Brady hurt his throwing hand. And the consensus is all over the nation that this is a big Big problem. You know, the narrative right now, everyone's saying this. You know, Brady never lets his backup get reps. And he missed practice time, which means he did let his backup get reps. And that's a big deal if you ask people who have played in the NFL. Well, I read Drew Brees' book, and he did talk about something similar. Drew Brees says, you can't lose your job if you never let your backup play. That's something Doug Flutie taught Drew Brees when he was in San Diego. So if Tom Brady's missing practice and letting Brian Hoyer practice, it must be serious, right? That must be a big deal. Uh, I was going to argue this today. I was going to say, well, Brian Hoyer, uh, the backup quarterback for the Patriots, is not a big threat to Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't feel like he's going to lose his job to Brian Hoyer. Jimmy Garoppolo, that made him super nervous. Brian Hoyer doesn't make him nervous. But then I found out, after I wrote that, I had a great opinion. It was going to be an awesome segment. I was so excited. Then I found out that Tom Brady got stitches in his throwing thumb. Oh, that makes me super nervous. I don't know about that. I you know I, I, I love Tom Brady. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. He's the best quarterback of all time. Getting stitches on your throwing hand thumb, that scares me. That scares me a lot. That makes me hesitate to pick the, uh, the Patriots. That really does. I played quarterback. You need your, thru- your thumb to throw the ball. I, I had a bone bruise once. And, you know, I, I just, I got all jacked up. I was all excited. I got a bunch of adrenaline. That helped. But if you have a cut on your hand, it hurts like a, I'm not going to say that word. It's awful. It's really terrible. To try to throw a football with a cut on your hand is one of the worst things in the world. And if, if every time he throws a football, it's cutting open, it's bleeding in, inside his glove. I mean, I don't know. It scares me. I just want to point out there's now a new wrinkle to the Jaguars-Patriots game. That game got even more interesting. It's, it's crazy. The NFL just keeps delivering storyline after storyline after storyline. <laughs> I can't believe it. So I, I want to say I'm, I'm legitimately concerned about Tom Brady's hand. I'm still picking the Patriots. I still think 
the Patriots have the best chance to win. But it does concern me. It really does. I want to talk about, so I talk about storylines all the time. And it's funny that, um, you know, I, I, an interesting story just came out. A premature ad for the Super Bowl got run a couple days ago. I don't know, I don't, I don't know when, when or where it was at run, but the NFL released an ad publicly that said it was promoting the Patriots and Vikings in the Super Bowl. And of course, everybody freaked out. They said, oh, the NFL's rigged. That's why the Vikings won. The, the, you know, that, that last play was set up, this and that. Are you kidding me? WWE, that stuff is rigged worldwide. I don't even know wrestling. The WWE wrestling, that stuff is rigged. That stuff is scripted and planned out. The NFL's not scripted. Are you kidding me? If you want an example, here's why the NFL's not scripted. Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Blake Bortles. It drives me nuts. It's like, guys, come on. Come the on. Are you kidding me? Like... The NFL's not scripted. That that's the one that I just I don't understand. Like it it just doesn't seem like a very intelligent take. Because again, if the NFL was scripted, we would see the best names in the Super Bowl every single year. We'd see Tom Brady and Rogers Debris. A new cast of characters would be coming through. And let me tell you, if the NFL was rigged, similar to the way that WWE is pro wrestling, <laughs> they're they they would be trying to introduce Blake Bortles as a new star to the NFL. They're not trying to do that. It's it's this is getting ridiculous. The NFL does not want Blake Bortles and Case Keenum playing in the Super Bowl. The NFL's not rigged. That, that is just absurd to me. I, I can't believe that. Uh, another thing happened this week, and the Jaguars tweeted this week. Um, I'll put it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Mike Mitchell for the Pittsburgh Steelers was caught uh, a while back talking about playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He said, we can play in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We are going to win. So... Mike Mitchell of the Pittsburgh Steelers got kind of ahead of himself. He was talking about how when they rematched the Pittsburgh, the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship, they were going to win. <laughs> well, uh, they kind of lost before they could even get there. They lost to the Jaguars. Kind of ruined Mike Mitchell's whole plan. Now, the Jaguars saw this tweet, thought it was funny. The Jaguars tweet, uh, tweeted the, a quote saying, You can play them in Madden all offseason. <laughs> Can't play them in uh, New England. You can play them in Madden, though. It's kind of funny. Now, a lot of people, by the way, if you don't know, Madden is an NFL video game. It's a simulation for play football. A lot of people criticized this tweet. People said, the Patriots would never do this. Stop looking back. You need to focus on the Patriots. Look ahead. Be laser focused. Don't look behind you at last week's victory. I mean, there's some truth to that, right? I mean, there's, after a historic win, the, the fear is the Jaguars are going to come out flat. And they're going to be so excited from last week, they won't prepare hard enough for next week. But I think what everyone's missing is that the guy who wrote this tweet is nowhere even remotely related to football. Like, he might not even be in the same building as the football guys. There's a whole team of social media people in Jacksonville that are they're writing tweets and favoring this and doing this and doing that. They're not coaches. They're not players. They're not related. Their job is to be clever on social media. And the Jaguars are focused ahead. Now, I think that's that's a silly thing I want to do. Uh, Debunk, debunk. I don't debunk that right now. Debunk, debunk. I don't know. I'm trying to talk. I remember the word, but I was like, yeah, I know people deal with conspiracy theories. The Jaguars are not. The Jaguars are not looking back. They they were asked about Tom Brady's hand injury, and a couple players said they don't even think he's hurt. People believe Tom Brady's trying to pull the wool over their eyes. It's funny. <laughs> the Jaguars don't even believe Tom Brady's actually injured. They are laser focused. The Jaguars are 
completely focused on beating the Patriots. I think the, the truth is the Jaguars are afraid if they don't prepare hard enough, they're going to get their butts kicked, and they are right. It's like when you take a really tough test and you didn't study, and you're like, well, I, mean, I didn't do my work. It's like, no, you should have studied. That's the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are laser-focused on this game tomorrow. I just think it's funny. You know, people, it's like people don't get, once again, the guy who wrote the tweet is not related to football. The Jaguars are focused. Their Twitter account can say one thing. The football team's on a different page altogether. And I thought the tweet was funny. <laughs> it's funny. Like you're pointing out like, oh, you got a little bit ahead of yourself. You can play him in Madden. Like, that's funny. It's like a dad joke. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Move on. Next. All right. Um, before I take a short break, uh, I want to say, you know, this is my last chance to really talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and his, his game against the Jaguars. Because ne- by next week, it'll be irrelevant. No one will care about it. Um, but the Jaguars did just beat the Steelers last weekend. And the Steelers have all these stars. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame receiver, Antonio Brown, potentially Hall of Fame running back, Le'Veon Bell, assuming he, assuming he can actually show up to practice on time. Um, and I know a lot of people who listen to this show are 49ers fans. So let me put my 49ers goggles on. Um, and by the way, I'm obsessed with the 49ers. I, I don't just talk about the 49ers because I know you guys want to hear me talk about them. I actually like am completely obsessed with the 49ers. Uh, right now, for me, it's the 49ers, the Browns, and the Lakers. I read all kinds of nerdy stuff. I find beat writers. I am just obsessed with the 49ers. So it's, I promise it's authentic. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. I love what they are doing. I find it. I find the rebuild in San Francisco incredibly fascinating just think about this the Jaguars beat Big Ben two different occasions they crushed Joe Flacco I think it was 44 to 7 they beat Phillip Rivers and the Jaguars defense beat Russell Wilson they made Russell Wilson throw three interceptions yet uh Saxonville the Jacksonville Jaguars incredible defense gave up 44 points and lost to the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And people say, well, the Jaguars had turnovers, this and that. They gave up. People say the Jaguars gave up the game. It's nonsense that, you know, the Jaguars lost to the 49ers. Be quiet. Hold up. It's ridiculous. Jimmy Garoppolo, directly or indirectly, is responsible for the 49ers' success. What does a franchise quarterback do? A franchise quarterback elevates everybody around them. A true franchise quarterback, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, their hard work, their preparation elevates everybody else around them. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers put up 44 points on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not even close. That's more points than any other team put up this season, and it's not even close. If I am the New England Patriots, I am watching the 49ers and Jaguars game. Because that's the blueprint. If you want to beat the Jaguars, that is the blueprint right there. I'm not saying you, you'll get the same amount of turnovers. I'm not saying you won't get this and that. The, the, the 49ers got breaks, certainly. But a lot of that's because of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> like, what's that say about Jimmy Garoppolo? That he put up more points on the Jaguars than anybody. Then, then again, Big Ben. They beat Big Ben twice. The Jaguars blew out Joe Flacco. The Jaguars beat Phillip Rivers. They made Russell Wilson throw three interceptions and beat him. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, that's damn near impressive. Jimmy Garoppolo held his own. He beat the Jaguars' defense. 
it's funny, man. The, the Jaguars did all this stuff. They accomplished all these things, and they couldn't touch the 49ers. I'm not pandering. I really, truly believe this says something about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is as legit as it can be. I, you know, I, I don't know. I would want Jimmy Garoppolo to be my franchise quarterback. I really would. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I am absolutely obsessed with the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to talk about that. We'll talk about the Cavaliers later. I've been looking at mock drafts, and there are two things that just blow me away. I can't believe them. When I read these mock drafts, I just look at them like, everybody's wrong. What are you thinking? Uh, That and more coming up ahead. My name is Zach Schaumler. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My game plan to grow this podcast is to have you guys tell your friends about it. Share the link on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, or face-to-face. Tell your friends about the show. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. You know, I got to apologize to everybody listening. I do my very best to record a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday after school ends. And yesterday, I didn't get done with all my stuff I needed to prepare and get done until 1130 last night. And so I decided, you know, I could either be the guy who's really loud in my building at 1130, you know, after midnight or the next morning at 10 in the morning. I chose 10 in the morning. I figured that was a little bit easier to uh, understand. So I went, you know, I went and I shaved kind of like a ragamuffin and I, I kind of cleaned up and said, I'm going to reset and do this tomorrow. By the way, what does ragamuffin mean? I, I just, I've used that word my whole life. I have no idea what that means. That could be incredibly offensive <laughs> for all I know. That could be like a terrible thing. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I want to talk about this. I have been absolutely obsessed with the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I like the Patriots. I'm fascinated with greatness. But I'm also fascinated with awful. But if you're going to be awful, you need to have hope. You need to have, you can't just, because awful isn't inherently interesting. The Brooklyn Nets are not inherently interesting. But awful with hope, awful with a reason to care, that is fascinating. That grabs my attention. Like, I love the Lakers right now. But it's because of Lonzo Ball. If the Lakers didn't have Lonzo Ball, I wouldn't care. But Lonzo Ball gives me hope. Can they turn it around? Uh, Yeah, I, I like watching a team refocus and turn their culture around it's that 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 franchise rebuilding uh whole process is interesting to me i love that that's why the 49ers and jimmy garoppolo have so much of my attention add the cleveland browns to that list the cleveland browns i'm obsessed with cleveland i love it i think it's fascinating i'm gonna follow the cleveland browns a lot this season i'll talk about the browns and the 49ers a ton you know the microscope is on for me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enlarge the, the viewing. We're going to look a lot. We're going to look very closely at the 49ers, the Browns, and the Lakers. Because those three franchises, those three organizations, the process of turning them around fascinates me. I can't get enough of it. I think it's so interesting. So I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s first mock draft came out. And, you know, I remember this is the guy, by the way, who I believe this is the guy who didn't like Russell Wilson. This is the guy who said, Russell Wilson's too short. We're very concerned. Well, clearly it was fine. Uh, I just, I don't really subscribe to what Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. say. I think they know football players really well. I don't know that they understand quarterbacks very well. I think they kind of, I don't know. They're, they're blowing a lot of smoke, and I don't really believe what they have to say about quarterbacks. So in Todd McShay's first mock draft, He has the Cleveland Browns selecting the Wyoming quarterback, 
Josh Allen, number one overall. What? What? No, not, not Josh Rosen. Not Sam Darnold. He has the Cleveland Browns picking the Wyoming quarterback, Josh Allen, number one overall. Now, look, I prefer Josh Allen to Josh Rosen, but that's because I'm not a big fan of Josh Rosen's personality. But this is silly. This is absurd. The Browns have to go with a popular opinion, even if, even though Josh Allen is the better pro, you have to pick Sam Darnold. First of all, I, I truly believe Sam Darnold's a better quarterback long term. I've met both. I prefer Sam Darnold. But second, you can't take a risk like that. You can't take a risk. Remember, the Browns are the franchise that drafted Tim Couch, Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon, and Johnny Manziel. You have screwed it up over and over and over again. Again, Josh Allen, he may be a good pro. But if you're going to fail, you have to go with the guy everyone assumes is the best. If you pick Sam Darnold and he sucks, well, hey, we picked who everyone thought was the best quarterback. If Kyle Allen fails and you passed on Sam Darnold and then Sam Darnold goes somewhere else and is successful, it would be the most Cleveland Brown thing, Browns thing in the world. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns have a historic, historic record for screwing up the NFL draft. Cleveland Browns, don't do it this way. Don't do it this time. Pick Sam Darnold. Go with the safe bet. You know, I, I just, I, like, what if, what, if the, what if the Indianapolis Colts had chosen Robert Griffin III instead of Andrew Luck? That's a, it's not quite that magnitude, but it's similar, right? Like, everyone believes Sam Darnold is better. And if the Browns picked Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen didn't work out, oh, man, you can't, you can't survive that. Hugh Jackson loses his job immediately. You got to figure out the quarterback situation next season. If you don't have a quarterback next season, Hugh Jackson, the Browns organization, is in that tank again. They have an opportunity to make me care about them, and they might squander it if they pick Kyle Allen. Maybe Kyle Allen is great, but Sam Darnold, that's the guy I believe in. I don't know. I just, ah, it scares me. Like, really, the honest truth, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I would sign Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I would go with, I believe in picking the straight bet. Go with the thing you absolutely know. The Browns, more than anything, need stability at quarterback. They need a competent quarterback who isn't awful. Deshaun Kaiser was awful last year. It was terrible. So I don't know. I, I, the Browns, I just want to point out, the Browns cannot draft Josh Allen with a number one overall pick. Because he's not the consensus. You can't handle the PR. If you draft Josh Allen, you can't. You'll never live that down. I promise you. Again, even if Josh Allen's great, you will always have Sam Darnold. Because everyone assumes Sam Darnold. If you have one guy being assumed and you pick the underdog, (laughs) the Browns can't handle that PR. It doesn't work. It does not work work. The Browns cannot draft Josh Allen number one overall. I hope that made sense. I hope I hope that taking that opinion, I hope I was clear enough because I just I just don't think the Browns could survive that. If Kyle Allen's awful, the Browns couldn't survive screwing that up again. It's just you you drafted Johnny Manziel, you drafted Tim Couch, you drafted Brandon Whedon. You gotta go with the guy everyone thinks is the best. You gotta go with Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. You can't you can't pick Josh Allen who's who's everyone figures is to be the third best quarterback in the draft. You can't do it. You can't pick Josh Allen number one overall. 
Kirk Cousins is really interesting to me. Kirk Cousins, the former, well, we don't know if he's the former Redskins quarterback yet. I think Kirk Cousins' time is done in Washington. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to date someone who doesn't like me, right? Like, if someone doesn't like me, I end the relationship. They don't want to hang out with me. They don't want to be with me. The Redskins don't like Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins deserves a big deal. He deserves a long-term contract worth a lot of money. Now, Kirk Cousins will probably get more money than he actually deserves, but it's fine. I mean, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's a stable quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. Now, the best bet for Kirk Cousins is to go to the Denver Broncos. They're the most ready to win now. That'd be a great marriage. You would have John Elway, Kirk Cousins, kind of mentoring him from afar. And they don't want to waste time. This is, this is good for both sides. It's good for Kirk Cousins. He gets money. He gets a good franchise to work with. And it'd be good for the Broncos because the Broncos have a, good, they have a window right now. They have a good franchise. They have a good roster right now. They have a window to win. You don't want to waste any time developing and teaching a rookie quarterback. You can win tomorrow if you get a good quarterback. Do that. Get a guy so you can win tomorrow. Don't get a guy because in three years, it might be too late. Your defensive stars, Von Miller, all your aging stars, they might be gone. You got to capitalize on the window the Broncos have now. The Broncos' best bet is to sign Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is the best answer for a lot of teams. But let's remove the Broncos. Say the Broncos are like, yeah, we don't want Kirk Cousins, or they find another solution. Then what's left for Kirk Cousins? Well, will the Jaguars move off of Blake Bortles? Probably not. You know, uh, you could you can make an argument for that, I guess. But Blake Bortles has took them a long ways. Blake Bortles got them to the AFC Championship, if not maybe the Super Bowl. So I don't think the I don't think the Jaguars move off of Blake Bortles. If it's not the Broncos, I would go to the Cleveland Browns. If if I'm Kirk Cousins, and the Broncos don't want me, I am going to the Cleveland Browns. Because if it's if it's the Browns or the Cardinals or the Jets or the Giants. Cleveland, for me. I mean, unless Minnesota, unless the Vikings want you, if I'm Kirk Cousins, unless the Vikings want me, I'm going to the Browns. You know, he's going to get paid big money and go to a bad team if he's going to do that. Because all these teams suck. All the teams that he hasn't, other than the Browns and the Vikings, every other team stinks. Of all the teams he can go to that suck and are going to pay him a lot of money, the Browns have the most potential. The Browns, of all the bad teams, the Browns is actually the best situation. So hear, hear me out. The Cardinals have a bad draft pick and a tough division. They play the 49ers, the Rams, and the Seahawks. That's six games a year you're probably going to lose for the next who knows how long. And they don't have a coach yet. The Jets are a bad team in the Patriots division with one early draft pick and a defensive coach. So their one saving grace is they have an earlier draft pick. The Jets do. Now the Giants are a bad team with an earlier draft pick and a crazy scary division. The Redskins... The Cowboys and the Eagles with Carson Wentz. Nope. Yeah, the Bills. The Bills are a good defense. So they have, they have one good thing going for them. The Bills have a good defense. But again, they're in the Patriots division. And they have a bad draft pick. They're not going to get a new star in the draft. Now the Browns are the best of all the bad teams. The Browns are the best scenario for Kirk Cousins. You have two Top four draft picks. That can get you a Calvin Ridley, a lineman, a running back. Who knows? The, the options are endless. You can get a ton of weapons. And the Cleveland Browns play in a declining division. The Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco. Mm, going down. 
the Bengals, the Bengals are not, the Bengals went nine and seven for like, sorry, seven and nine, like, it feels like two years in a row. I think it's two years in a row now. They have, they have Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a mess. So the future for the Ravens is bleak. The future for the Bengals is bleak. And Big Ben's getting old. So the Steelers are actually going down and down and down. Plus, the Cleveland Browns have a quarterback-minded coach. You know, the most of the teams that suck have a defensive-minded coach. The Browns do not. The Browns have Hugh Jackson, who understands quarterbacks. So unless the Vikings or the Broncos come after me, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I am going to Cleveland. As crazy as that sounds, as historically bad as they are, they have the most potential to be great. They have the most pieces. They're in the best positioning spot. They're in the best scenario for you to build a successful franchise. Because you're not doing it with the Cardinals. You're not doing it with the Jets. You're not doing it with the Bills. You're not doing it with the Giants. The Broncos actually, surprisingly, Sorry, not the Broncos. The Browns surprisingly actually have the most potential of all the bad teams in the NFL. Now, the question is, will the Browns screw it up? I mean, the Browns are known for issue, mistake, after mistake, after mistake. I don't know. It scares me. I feel so bad for the people of Cleveland. Those guys have been through thick and thin. The good saving grace for the Cleveland uh, Browns fans is they also have the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I want to stick in Cleveland. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a decision to make. Uh, This is a complicated, wordy segment. I think it's interesting, though. So again, the Cavaliers have a tough decision to make because they have the Nets' first-round draft pick. They have the Brooklyn Nets' first-round draft pick. Now, this pick has a chance. Because of the way the NBA draft lottery works, this pick has a chance with no guarantees. It is not guaranteed at all, but it has a chance to be a top-three draft pick. Now, the Nets are somewhere close to the 6th or 7th worst record in the NBA. And so we don't really know. We don't know where they're going to end up in. Because it's not like the NFL where you have an ordered by worst team to best team. They actually pick the worst team to best team, put your names in a hat. And the, the, the worst your team is, the more names you have in the hat. So when they draw your name out of the hat, you get uh, they pick a draft order that way. It's kind of weird. That's, so, that's to avoid tanking. Now, with three weeks until the NBA trade deadline, There's a ton of talk all around the league that the Cavaliers are going to and should trade the Brooklyn Nets pick. Now, it's it's actually funny. Many people, despite my opinion, many people say this is a bad idea. They say that if LeBron leaves and the the Cavaliers trade away their pick, they have no future. (laughs) Uh, I believe you should trade the draft pick. I hate to break it to you. When LeBron leaves the Cavaliers, you're bad no matter what. No matter what you do, if you get rid of LeBron James, if LeBron James loses, leaves your roster, you're in the tank immediately. So I hate to break it to you, but that's the truth. So 19-year-old draft pick or not, the Browns are going to uh, the Cavaliers, if LeBron leaves are going to be awful. Now, the one thing that I think is really important about this, the Cleveland Cavaliers have a chance. They are close to being able to beat the Warriors. The Cavaliers right now could not beat the Golden State Warriors in the finals. They'd probably get sweeped in four games. But they're close. It's competitive and they're close. My opinion is the Cleveland Cavaliers have an opportunity to win a championship. Again, whether LeBron James leaves or whether LeBron James stays in Cleveland, you have an opportunity to win a championship. And you must take it. You have to take the opportunity. You have to take an opportunity to win a championship. 
Use the pick to go get someone that will help you win now. The Cavaliers have a chance to win a championship. They must take it. Now, the Hornets offered a bunch of role players for this draft pick. No, 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 no. That does not help the Cavaliers beat the Warriors. Go get the Clippers, DeAndre Jordan, or find a way to get Paul George. I think DeAndre Jordan is a more likely candidate. He's an easier person to trade for, although Paul George gives you you know better three-point shooting. But you have to take a shot. You might not have a chance to win a title again for 30 or 40 years. Years. The Cavaliers could be awful for the rest of their franchise's history. So right now, take a shot. Pull the trigger. Go down swinging. Do whatever it takes. You cannot sit on the bench and watch the Cavaliers lose to the Golden State Warriors. You know, it's, it's, if the Cavs lose the finals, do not blame LeBron. Don't blame LeBron. If the Cavs lose the finals, you cannot blame LeBron James. Because if they don't trade the pick. It's kind of like if you're working out and your friend, he's, he's benching. And he, you know, he racks away and says, I couldn't do any more. And you're like, are you sure? It looks like you could have done one more. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I could have done one more. If the Cavaliers lose and they don't make this trade, they didn't do everything they could to win a championship. It'd be disingenuous to say that. If LeBron James leaves and the Cavaliers draft a 19-year-old point guard, like if the the Cavs draft Marvin Bagley, the Cavaliers will still suck next year. Look at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is not winning games. Josh Jackson, the Phoenix Suns. De'Aaron Fox, the Sacramento Kings, a high draft pick in the NBA does not guarantee you win games. In fact, honestly, it just shows you're a terrible franchise. You need a lot. You need a collection of stars if you want to win games in the NBA. The Trailblazers aren't doing great, and they have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They have two stars. One is not enough. A 19-year-old NBA rookie is not going to help your franchise win games. Not now, not next year, not ever. And let me tell you what, LeBron James, he does not want that pick. LeBron James wants to go after a championship. He's like, Dan Gilbert, help me. Help me get one more run. Help me get one more championship. Do everything. Support me. So Again, to summarize this whole complicated, long topic, you must trade the draft pick. The Cleveland Cavaliers must trade the Brooklyn Nets draft pick. You have an opportunity you may never have a gen in Cleveland. LeBron James may leave. He may not leave. Either way, I guarantee if you keep the pick, LeBron James is leaving. LeBron James will leave if you hold on to the Brooklyn Nets draft pick. <laughs> you know, no matter what, LeBron James does not want a 19 or rookie. That does not help him win games. Do everything. If you're the Cavaliers, do everything you can to win This season, win right now. The Cavs must trade the Brooklyn Nets first-round draft pick. Try to get DeAndre Jordan, maybe Paul George. Because you have an opportunity to win a championship. And you may never have it again. Pull the trigger. Go down swinging. Do not sit on the bench. Do everything you can to beat the Golden State Warriors. That is what the Cavaliers must do. The Cavaliers must trade the Nets first-round draft pick. Real quick, before we go to break, I want to talk about this. I am from Portland. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. That's my hometown, if you ask me. Uh, And people I know from Portland on Twitter, Facebook, yada, yada, everywhere, they're bashing on their point guard, Damian Lillard. What? Like, think about it. The, The Portland Trailblazers have one 
franchise star. They have, like one thing that they like the best thing all about Portland sports is a guy named Damian Lillard, and yet people are bashing him and criticizing him in Portland. Makes no sense to me at all. He averaged 25 points a game. That's the ninth most in the entire NBA. He's 11th in assists, 6th in minutes. Damian Lillard, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard is all you got. He's the best thing about sports in Portland. Maybe, maybe soccer fans disagree. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Portland fans criticizing Damian Lillard is ridiculous. It's so silly and stupid. You realize Damian Lillard could leave you, right? Like, Damian Lillard at any time, he's like, nah, you know what? I want to go actually join a super team and win games. <laughs> like, like, Damian Lillard is one of the only stars in the NBA who hasn't left and tried to join a super team. He says, I want to win in Portland. And yet Portland fans are like, nah, screw that guy. Like, like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, your two best players, that is all you have in Portland. You better appreciate it. Appreciate him before he's gone. I just, I can't believe people in Portland are criticizing Damian Lillard and bashing him. It's crazy and ungrateful. And like, I just, oh, I, I can't fathom it. It's like, you guys realize what you have. You have this gem, the best thing about Portland sports, and you're criticizing and bashing him. Ungrateful. Ungrateful, man. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I'm going to heavily criticize the NBA. That'll be really fun. Um, Baker Mayfield did something that nobody's really talking about, but it, I thought it was interesting. It created uh, some small waves, uh, but nationally, it's not a big story. It's just stories locally, um, and I can't believe the you know the NFL mock drafts are doing... There's two things left that I just... I, I look at NFL mock drafts, and I'm like, what in the world are you guys thinking? I can't believe it. I just, I don't know who writes these things. They are smoking a lot of stuff that I don't, I don't want to know. It's just like a man. That's, that's in, insane and unbelievable. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I would love your help. I want to do this as my job someday. I love preparing, recording, and delivering podcasts. It's absolutely my favorite thing in the entire world. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I want to turn this into a company. This is my dream. It's my favorite thing in the world. Help me grow by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Again, I want to do this for my full-time job. I could do this for the rest of my life. I love it so very much. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. You know, I just want to say thank you so much. If you're listening to this podcast, Thank you so very much. This is my favorite thing in the entire world. I love making and recording Strong Opinion Sports. This was an incredibly emotional and tough week up here in Pullman, Washington, where I go to college. Um, and I, I, I mean, I hate my classes. I really, I don't want to be in school. I wish I could do this full time and it'd be all I do. Uh, but I hope you know, I love it. I love your support. I thank you very much. And this is why I get out of bed every morning. Strong Opinion Sports without a shadow of a doubt, is my favorite thing on the planet. It's my passion. It's my love. And I just, I'm really excited that you guys listen to it. It means so very much to me. You know, it just, it, it blows my mind. And I love the support you guys have given me on YouTube and SoundCloud and everywhere else. Facebook, it's the best. It really is. And it means a ton to me. Uh, so I've been reading NFL mock drafts recently. And something just... Oh, something just blows my mind. I don't understand. I don't know what people are thinking. Like, mock drafts are the stupidest thing in the world. It's like people don't actually understand how football works. None of the mock drafts have the Giants 
drafting a quarterback with the number two overall pick. Like, seriously? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's like people don't understand the value of a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback to win in the NFL. Why do people still not understand that? It's just like, oh, I mean, it's like, you see the tone of my voice, how much it raised? It's just because people don't understand. Quarterbacks are the most important thing in all of football. So Eli Manning, the Giants quarterback, is 37 years old. Not a good 37. Not Tom Brady at 37. He's aging terribly. Like, he looks awful. He looks worse every single year he's played in the NFL. It's it just, it's awful. You have, if you're the New York Giants, you have the number two overall pick. And there are three, maybe four quality, possibly franchise quarterbacks available in the NFL draft. And yet, you're telling me with the number two overall with the number two overall pick, the New York Giants are going to stay with Eli Manning. <laughs> no freaking way. No. That is not gonna happen. That's ridiculous. This, if you're the Giants, this is a perfect, a perfect time to move on from Eli Manning. If the Giants don't take this opportunity right now to draft a new franchise quarterback, it would be incredibly, incredibly foolish. You know, people criticize the Patriots. People have the audacity to criticize the Patriots for trading Jimmy Garoppolo, yet they don't think the Giants should move off of Eli Manning. How can you have that same opinion because it's the same scenario, except instead of trading away Tom Brady, you're trading away a bad quarterback, a quarterback that doesn't win games anymore. Like, if the Giants don't move on from Eli Manning, how is that any different from the Patriots trading away Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? The difference is, if you go with the old guy, the old guy actually stinks. Eli Manning's 37, he's bad, his stats are declining, and he can't win games. It is time. It is time for the Giants to move on and get rid of Eli Manning. I can't believe, I I read these mock drafts, and they're like, Saquon Barkley, number two overall, New York Giants, Are you kidding me? What are you missing? What am I missing? Why do people feel like the Giants need to stick with Eli Manning? It's just absurd to me. It's it's very clear. This is your opportunity to move on from Eli Manning. Break up. End the relationship. Get on with it. Move on. The Giants need to separate themselves from Eli Manning. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield, and then we'll circle back around and come back to the NFL draft. Um, so Baker Mayfield this last week, Baker Mayfield put up on some social media website. I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, some story. I don't know, but I do know that it stirred up trouble. Not a ton, but enough, enough trouble that it was like, this is a weird story. Now I know that I'm not allowed to talk about Colin Kaepernick. But I'm going to anyways because I have no shame. I'm not afraid. A while back when Colin Kaepernick was on the 49ers, he got caught wearing a Miami Dolphins hat. (laughs) And I remember looking at this and thinking it was an incredible lack of self-awareness that caused a ton of unwarranted drama. Like Colin Kaepernick wearing that hat was just stupid and brought caused drama for no reason. And that is exactly what Baker Mayfield just did. There's a very 
<laughs> I mean, it's rich. It's even the same football team. The similarities between Colin Kaepernick's action to wear another team's hat and Baker Mayfield saying he wants to go to the Miami Dolphins are, it's uncanny. The parallels are, are right in your face. You got to remember, if you draft Baker Mayfield, you are also drafting drama. It's like drafting Lonzo Ball. If you draft Lonzo Ball, he comes with LeVar Ball, the crazy dad. Baker Mayfield comes with antics. I mean, he's a dynamic athlete. He's incredible. He's a great quarterback. He also has drama. I mean, we've seen a police video now from him. We've seen the flag. He, he planting the flag at Ohio State. He's a Heisman winner, which any Heisman winner comes with a lot of built-in drama. And now there's this. Now Baker Mayfield is saying on social media that he wants to play for the Miami Dolphins. I'm not saying don't draft Baker Mayfield. I'm just pointing out, if you do draft Baker Mayfield, be very aware. Baker Mayfield brings drama. If you draft Baker Mayfield, it's like drafting Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball brings a circus with him. Baker Mayfield, because of his personality, because of who he is, because at times, as much as I love the guy, he's my favorite he was my favorite college football quarterback. As much as I love Baker Mayfield, at times, he lacks self-awareness. It's the truth. It's honest. Just be aware. If you're going to draft Baker Mayfield, he comes with drama. I want to stick with the Dolphins. The rumor is, at least according to mock drafts, the Dolphins are considering drafting Baker Mayfield. Oh, really? Really? Don't they have a quarterback? Don't the Miami Dolphins already have a quarterback? Ryan Tannehill? I thought the Dolphins liked Ryan Tannehill. Maybe I'm crazy. I remember before the season, there were reports, report after report after report. The Dolphins were excited. They felt good about Ryan Tannehill. They thought he was going to have a breakout season. And remember, when Ryan Tannehill got hurt at the beginning of last season, the Dolphins tried everything they could to still be competitive. They could have tanked. The Dolphins could have made a decision. Like the Colts last year, the Colts decided not to play Andrew Luck. They wanted a better draft pick. That's my opinion. That's what happened. Uh, The Dolphins could have done the same thing. Instead, they chose to fight. They thought they had a good team. They thought they had a chance. They thought they were just a quarterback away, just like they felt like all year. They thought Ryan Tannehill was their answer. So they signed Jay Cutler. The Miami Dolphins signing Jay Cutler is proof that they believe in Ryan Tannehill. I know it's crazy, but if the Dolphins were in reboot, if the Dolphins were ready to reboot, the Dolphins wanted to give up on their plan. They could have tanked this year. The Dolphins could have given up on this season and said, we're going to be awful this year. and We're going to go find ourselves a new quarterback. The Dolphins did not. The Dolphins tried to win because they do actually indeed believe in Ryan Tannehill. I would be shocked. I remember before the season started, again, reports were, the Dolphins are so excited. They think Ryan Tannehill is incredible. He's going to have a breakout season and blow everybody away. So I would be so absolutely shocked if the Dolphins moved away from Ryan Tannehill. I think the Dolphins do indeed believe in Ryan Tannehill. All right, this is the last story of the day. It's weird. I haven't been looking at the camera very much today. I just noticed I've been really heavily like laser focused on my notes. I don't know why. I apologize. I'll do better on Monday. How about that? Uh, This is the last story of the day. I'm going to... It's going to be fun. Let's criticize the NBA. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be enjoyable. I've been really excited for... 
uh, this year's NBA All-Star Game. Because instead of doing the—by the the way, I've never, ever watched an NBA All-Star Game. I just don't care. It's not—it doesn't interest me. It doesn't have. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. It's like the Pro Bowl. A bunch of guys kind of half-assing it, not really trying. I don't want to watch that. That's not fun to me. But this year was different. This year, the NBA All-Star Game was different and interesting. <laughs> because instead of doing the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference All-Stars, this year, two captains were appointed to pick teams and have an All-Star Game Draft. So of the pool of All-Stars, LeBron James and Steph Curry got to decide which All-Stars they wanted on their basketball teams. <sighs> Interesting. I mean, talk about drama. Talk about drama. I love drama. It's my favorite thing. That's why I love sports. I remember this as a kid. I remember I remember being picked in the schoolyard to play uh, pickup basketball. And for when I was first, you know, in elementary school, no one picked me. Nobody would pick me. And then as I got older and became a little better athlete, I remember getting picked first or second. And eventually, I was the guy. I was the guy saying, I want you. I was the guy picking teams. It was really cool. I remember the progression of my life going from no one, uh, an awful athlete no one wanted to, the guy picking teams. It's like, I made it. I finally made it. It was really exciting. But I never forgot the days when I wasn't chosen. I will always remember sitting there like, I want to play basketball too. No one wants me. No one wanted me. It was off. It sucked, right? It stunk. I so badly wanted to see that same dramatic thing. I wanted to see that dramatic schoolyard draft happen with multi-millionaires. I wanted to see multi-millionaires get rejected and have, you know, I pick Kyrie Irving instead of him. Instead of him. That would have been so interesting to me. Guess what? The, the all-star draft is not being televised. <sighs> I mean, that there it goes. You, you had a chance. The NBA All-Star Game had a chance to grab my attention, to make me watch, to make me care. And now I don't. Because now it's back to just being another collection of stars playing against each other with no storylines, no reasons, no drama, no care. Adam Silver, the report is Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, doesn't want to put players in a position uh, to embarrass each other. Like... What if LeBron James picks Kyrie Irving instead of LeBron, instead of, you know, Kevin Love? But maybe Kevin Love gets mad at LeBron James. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's the point. That's the point. I want drama. I want a storyline. I want interesting. You had a chance to make the NBA All-Star Game incredibly interesting, and you botched it. Basically, the reason why you didn't do this is because you are afraid LeBron James would say, nah, if you're going to televise it, I ain't doing it. I'm taking no part. Fine. Make Joel Embiid do it. <laughs> Make a guy who has no teammates in the All-Star Game do it. That would, that would solve your problem. I don't know. But you, you decided not to televise this because you are afraid LeBron James would say he would not participate because he thought it might hurt team chemistry. This is awful. This is so stupid. I learned, I, I'm in a ton of media classes. All the time I hear the phrase, conflict is news. That is what this would have cost. The NBA All-Star draft being televised would have made a ton of conflict in the NBA. It would have been incredibly fascinating and fun to watch. Oh, LeBron James chose Kyrie Irving instead of Kevin Love. Will Kevin Love try extra hard against LeBron James? This and that. That's fascinating. I want to see that. I so badly want to see that. 
You know, I, again, I've never watched an All-Star game. And I was almost, I was almost interested. And then you deflated the entire thing that made it interesting. <sighs> I'm frustrated, man. I so badly wanted to see that. I so badly wanted to see that selection process. Who does LeBron James to second and third? And who's the last guy chosen? Would have been so awesome. Would have been so interesting. And now I'll probably, I don't know when the All-Star game is. Now I probably won't even watch it. You, it almost mattered. You almost had a chance to make the NBA All-Star Game matter, and then you sucked all the fun out of it. They botched it. They screwed it up. That's, that's all I have to say about that. I just It drives me nuts. It, uh, it infuriates me. That, I was so excited. Like, literally, in the back of my head, I knew all season, hey, when football ends, I'll have that. I'll have that one thing to look forward to and be excited about. And now I don't. <laughs> now, I, now I don't. I, I, I'm really sad about that. My name is Zach Schaumler. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. I don't just put it up with Soundwaves, by the way. I record myself on video if you're listening on iTunes. And you can also find my best, short, most interesting clips. I mean, that's my plan to grow is really you'll see the clips and be like, oh, I like this guy. And then you'll, you'll follow that and find the full podcast. My other plan to grow is you guys. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast, help me out. I want to do this full time. I would love to do this as my job. I mean, I'm really upset. I'm recording on Saturday instead of Friday, and I just I don't have enough free time. I so badly want to do this with all of my time, and I don't have the resources right now. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow because, I, I mean, I think I'm getting better, and I really want to do this more. Help me grow. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schumler. I hope you have a fantastic day. I can't wait to watch football tomorrow, and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys on Monday. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we have grown, like, we're up to now 321 subscribers on YouTube, probably more now as of this morning. It's exciting, man. It's so cool. I can't, you know, I started on August 31st. I didn't, I don't think I uploaded my first YouTube video to like September, like middle of September. So really, I mean, we've, we've only been doing this since the middle of September and we are already at 321 subscribers. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's really cool. By the way, iTunes numbers are way up. Like it's, it's really cool. Just keep keep sharing the show. Keep listening to it on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, everywhere else. I'm trying to get it on Google Play and Spotify right now. I know I keep saying that. I'm sorry it's taking so long. My name is Alex Schaumler. I hope you have a great, fantastic rest of your Saturday, a great Sunday. Have a great one. I will see you again on Monday. Ba-dum-bum. Bam! We're done. <laughs>